0: Hello, once again, and welcome to the Life Church Canton podcast. My name is Jared Van Forst, and I'm your host for the show and one of the pastors at Life Church. It's a joy to be t- with you today, and um, I'm, I'm really excited about this message actually because it's from our friend and guest pastor, uh, preacher from Life Church Southfield. His name is Vincent Tinch. And uh, he kicks us off in a brand new series that uh, we're doing. We're calling Parables. And we're looking at the parables of Matthew 13. In fact, there's one verse in that chapter where it says Jesus pretty much only talked to his disciples, to his followers, in parables. He told a lot of stories. We, as humans, as people of God, are storytellers. And so we get to imitate Jesus in that way. But we're going to look at some of his stories. If you're newer to the Life Church Canton podcast, I want to invite you to subscribe if you haven't done so already uh, so that you can stay up to date on some of the content that we put out. And then if you'd like to give um, and be part of the mission that God has in store for us specifically in this church, uh, we would love for you to prayerfully consider doing that and joining us in partnering uh, with God's kingdom and uh, by being generous. So thank you ahead of time. If you decide to do that, you can go to lifechurchcanton.org slash give to find out more information for how you can set that up. Now, here's Pastor Vincent Tinch.
1: Father, we stand here grateful for another opportunity. We're grateful for another day that you have blessed us. A day that we haven't seen before and that we'll never see again. We thank you for this opportunity you. You say, wherever there are two or more gathered in your name, there you are in the midst. So we bask in your glory. We bask in your spirit. We say welcome. We say thank you, God, for sitting high, looking low, and deciding to love each and every last one of us under the sound of my voice. Right now, as we prepare to transition into your word, ask, God, that you will use all of our faculties to truly experience you. All of the experience that we've been through in our lives may come to the forefront and make this experience that much greater. Above all, we pray that as the word goes forth, that it is true, that it is helpful, and that it is pleasing in your sight. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Let every glad heart in this place say amen. Amen. Woo! Who's ready to get into the word of God? Okay, okay, all right. right. I thought I was at the wrong place. I was about to say, okay, never mind. (laughs) Let me say that one more time. Who's ready to get into the word of God? There we go. Life Church Canton, I am so excited to be here again. Here we go again, y'all. Listen. (laughs) Oh my goodness. For those of you who don't know who I am, I am Vincent. I'm one of the pastors at Life Church Southfield, your sister church. We were birthed right out of this church right here. Um, Before we get started, I do want to ask you a favor, right? Because we are in this hybrid type of environment, and I will not be offended when you pull out your phone, but what I want you to do is be what we call a digital evangelist. I want you to take out this phone. I want you to share this message. Why? Not because I'm important. Nope, doesn't have anything to do with me. But what we believe is this, is that the word of God changes people. And there's no way that somebody can come in contact with the word of God and then leave the same way as when they came. And this is just such a simple thing that we can do. Just go online and click share on your Facebook, if you you wouldn't mind. But I'm excited to be here anyway, either way it goes. And with my wife, Uh, My wife over there in the corner, April, Um, amazing thing is this, uh, me and my wife, we just came back off a vacation, get this, to Hawaii, uh. y'all. This is our dream trip, you hear me? Listen, me and my wife, we we didn't know it, but we've been drawing the skyline in Hawaii our whole life. You know, everybody draws the palm trees with the little bird, the sun, and the water when you your first drawing. (laughs) We got to see it in real life, right? And, And this is the best part, we didn't have no kids with us. You know what it was like. (laughs) We had an amazing time, right? Um, We had the opportunity to just look at each other and love on each other. It felt a lot like a second honeymoon. Um, We got a chance to truly hear one another and then actually listen to one another's heart. And then right off of that, (laughs) we come back and you guys decide to stretch me yet again, right? Every time that you guys call me, it's to do something that is something that pulls me in a different direction that makes me uncomfortable in a different way. How? Because a lot of times when people call me to preach at different places, they call me to, in the middle of a series, maybe to even end a series, or they call me to do a standalone. But you have guys have called me over here to start a series, like at a guest church, right? A guest to come in and start a series. That's a big deal, right? Right? So I pray that, you know, as we go through this, um, I think we're going to have a great opportunity. I'm really, I'm grateful for this opportunity to just delve deep into God's word. And I think we're going to get in this thing together and we're going to learn and we're going to be better because of it, because we're starting an amazing series today called Parables. How many people know what parables are? Anybody in here know what a parable is? Right? OK OK, good. good. And it's really important. why Why is it important that we learn about parables? Because parables is the premier form of communication that Jesus decided to use when communicating in the public. In fact, it's put this way uh, in Mark chapter four verses three. It says this: In fact, in his public ministry, he never taught without using parables. So obviously it's important to Jesus. Um, but hopefully the question that comes to you is why, right? Um, And if you don't mind, I'd like to bring you a little bit of clarity, right? But I want to answer your question uh, with a question. And this question is going to be our big idea, and it's going to be the title of our message for today. and bring you all the clarity that you need. Are you ready for it? Ready for the question? All right, here it is. The question is this. How do you listen to Jesus? It didn't bring you any clarity, did it? (laughs) But what you didn't notice, because the reason why I didn't bring you clarity is because you didn't notice the ambiguity in the question. And the reason why you didn't notice the ambiguity in the question is because of what was in your heart and what you bring to the discussion. Imagine this was the title on on, on YouTube, How Do You Listen to Jesus, right? People who love God, people who love Jesus, they're going to be like, Oh my goodness, I wanna get in there and I wanna learn how to listen to Jesus. That's what I want. And they're gonna jump in, they're gonna click on it, and they're gonna say, that's what they're expecting, right? But people who don't like Jesus, they respond to this, they, they read the question a little bit differently. Yeah, how do you listen to Jesus? How do you listen to that guy? It is this difference in our heart, this difference of opinion that makes us attack the same thing in two very different ways. And that's what parables do. They affect believers differently than it affects non-believers. Well, what you will see is that that's the purpose of parables, is to separate those two ideas of thinking. In fact, when you come into contact with the parables of the scripture, you will see these two different responses throughout all the crowds, right? You'll see the disciples, they lean in and say, Jesus, tell us more. Tell us more what you mean about those. And then you see those people who are comfortable and they feel like they know everything about God, you know, they're pompous. And these are the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And they will get offended. The same story. And the real difference between the two is this. Is did you come to listen or did you come to just hear? And that's what I really what I want you to take away from here. Is that the, the big takeaway that I want you to take away is this. I must listen and not just hear. I must listen and not just hear. What is inherent in that statement is that it takes more to listen than to hear. In order to listen, you have to go beyond hearing. It's going to take some action, some type of commitment, some type of processing. It has to go in through my body and come out through my actions. I must listen and not just hear. Why is listening important? Has anybody, um, does anybody have uh, family from the South. Anybody got some family from the South? See, because they've been teaching this proverb in the South for a very long time. Mothers in the South have been passing this down from generation to generation. They have a special proverb that they deliver to children, and it goes a little bit like this. A hard head makes a soft behind. <laughs> Y'all know about that one, huh? Y'all heard that one too? Even the ones that didn't have people from the South, it didn't crept up here into the North. See, in that statement, in that proverbial statement, what is happening is this. Uh, The person that is hard-headed represents a person who doesn't listen. Because in the South, when you don't listen, they call you hard-headed, right? And the soft behind represents the consequences for the action. In other words, the consequence for the action of not listening. So what this statement is truly saying is a person who does not listen will pay the consequences of that choice of not listening, But knowing this proverb and being from the South, a lot of children from the South still decided to not listen. But why? Because listening is hard. In order to truly listen, you have to deny, actively deny your own desires. You have to tell yourself not to do what you want to do and do what you need to do. And it becomes even harder when the distractions of life are involved, right? We have our own ideas. We have our own desires. We have our own influences, right? When we're at a specific age, we think we know better than the person. Like our life students are probably there right now as they're trying to find their way about life and they are ready to venture off into their own. They probably think that everything that those old farts are telling me they just don't know anymore, it's all new now. You gotta get on TikTok to see what's new. <laughs> oh, don't laugh, you guys been there before. <laughs> you guys were there when your mom and dad were telling you certain things and you thought you knew better than them. We all go through that process. And maybe the, the other one is our desires. Maybe we want different than the person who is actually speaking to us. Or maybe it's our outside influences, our friends, our job, our life. Come on, don't tell me that, I, that you haven't made a bad decision just because life was hard. That happens. These things in our life, our ideas, our desires, and our influences serve as distractions that make listening hard. Distractions are what make listening hard. And let me tell you about it from my perspective, if you don't mind. I'd just like to take a few moments to share my story. But um, before I share it, let me give you a, a caveat that no matter what you hear next, I really love my family. <laughs> okay? I love them dearly. Yet, in my story, I am a father of four. Oh, you guys are already clapping? Wait till you hear the rest. Okay? Not only am I a father of four, but I am a father of four stair-step children—four kids in five years. Ooh. No, 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 no. That's not it. But wait, there's more. <laughs> I am the father of four stair-step daughters that are all pre-teens. Woo! It's a vacation on this stage right now. <laughs> what I'm trying to get you to understand is that my wife and I are in the midst of a very challenging time of parentinghood <laughs> parenthood, and my ability to listen is challenged often okay <laughs> listen because listen there are there are times when I have deadlines for work and I'm just uh, you know i got the, i got the, you know, I got to deliver projects and things like that. Um, there are times when I have uh, sermons to write uh, and, and I got to get those out. Uh, there are times when I have to pay bills and I help my wife. Me and my wife, we share cooking responsibilities. Maybe it's my day to cook and then all four of my daughters want to come and have a conversation. But not a single conversation. Four different conversations, four different subjects, and they all want to pour their heart out to me at the exact same time. This is what it's like raising four girls. But on our good days, we all have those good days, right? I, I'm in my groove, and I think I got it going on, right? I'm paying the bills. I'm doing my thing. I got the food on the stove, and I'm going real good, right? You know, Everybody, you know them days where you just feel like you got the music playing. You're like, ha, I'm doing good today. Each kid is added, coming to me like, hey, Dad, I need blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh, yeah, baby. Yeah, oh, boys are terrible. No, no. Yes, uh-huh. Oh, yes, honey, that dress is so cute. Uh-huh, yes, blah, 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 blah. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Everything is going well until my wife enters the chat. Um, and, and I don't know if you know this, but I was a husband before I was a father. So my wife trumps everyone else. Okay. And my wife comes in and she wants to share her heart and she wants to let me know the desires of her heart. And on those good days, you know, I started getting confident. I'm like, I'm already doing four conversations. Why not make it five? Right? So here it is. My wife comes in. She's like, "Uh uh-huh. I'm like, yes, honey. Yes, yes. Not knowing what I agreed to. Money is just disappearing from the bank account. And I'm like just going, right? And I feel like I'm doing a great job. But the truth is this. The truth of the matter is that the desires of life, the busyness of life is distracting me from truly listening. And it comes to a head when my wife asks me, and what did I say? It's like she got a sixth sense. You me? Like she knows that you weren't really paying attention to me. And this—it really, like, the worst part of this was a few weeks ago, we had one of these um, things. So just to let you know, it happens even to the pastor, okay? <laughs> a few weeks ago, we had one of these situations, and my wife looked at me. So we've been together since we were 14, and so she, she said this statement to me. She says, I remember my boyfriend promised me there would never be a time that he wouldn't listen to me. Why are you guys clapping for my pain? What kind of? Oh my goodness! It really hurt me. Like it, it really. It was like a, it was a gut punch, right? And, I, and, and so and I really had to realize is this is that my wife listening was important, not just hearing, and it was really important to her, and that's what I'm trying to drive it to you all is that we must not just just we must listen and not just hear. Um, and we've all had times when it's been hard for us to truly listen, right? The, maybe the business of our lives, our own ideas, our own desires, um, and our own outside influences keep us busy. But even the flip side of that, we had chance, times when we wanted to share our heart with people and we needed people to listen to us and we felt like the person on the other side of the conversation just wasn't listening. And we don't know if it was because of their own desires, their own ambitions, or their own busyness, um, or if they were just listening to respond. Y'all know that one, right? Where it just felt like the person's not really hearing your heart. They're just listening to come back and to respond. What this all drives home is that this truly listening is one of the most difficult things that we do every day. And Jesus knows this. In fact, He knows it's really going to affect him when he comes. Because Jesus is about to come and about to tell these people that everything that they believe is wrong. (laughs) Everything that they think is right is wrong, and everything they think is wrong is right. He's about to flip all of their ideas on their head. And he knows that this is going to make it hard for the people that he's going to deliver his message to to truly listen. His message was difficult then, and guess what? His message is still difficult right now, today. But Jesus is a master teacher. And master teachers really know how to deal with things, right? Imagine, look, how many people do we really still quote and ponder about their ideas over 2,000 years later? That's a very short list, and Jesus is at the top of that list. But as a master teacher, what a master teacher understands is this. In order to really uh, get people and pull them in, there's one great way to pull them in and engage them so that they can truly understand the message that you're trying to deliver. And that's through stories. Think about it. Our entire life is shaped by stories. Uh, When we were kids, uh, our parents used to read us bedtime stories. Our teachers Um, told us stories in class, and we would share stories with our friends, and our friends would share stories with us in the hallways. What stories do is they allow us to relate to them. They allow us to visualize, and they allow us to easily share different ideas, and Jesus understood this, and that's why he decided to teach us using these special stories called parables. Now, parables uh, were stories that were designed to give us life but they were different from regular stories too. They weren't just clear and concise, but they were designed to expose our heart and our willingness uh, to allow God to manipulate our insides. And for those who were willing to listen, what the parables could do is they can shape our minds and invite us to use our imaginations to reveal things that God had been doing since the beginning of time, but he would reveal them in a brand new perspective. He would use these to illustrate God's grace God's kingdom, and God's love. Knowing all of this, knowing about our difficulty, Jesus decided to tell this first parable that we're going to deal with today. Now, this parable is really important. It's, the, it's, it's going to lay the basis for the rest of our series. And this parable talks about the way that we listen and the consequences that come from our different levels of listening. In Matthew 13, you'll read it like this. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it. While all the people stood on the shore, then he told them many things in parables. Let's pause right there for a second. I want to give you some background because right now we are... 12 chapters into a a very involved story. Jesus has been traveling all over the land. He's been healing people. He's been delivering this earth-shaking, earth-rattling message. And now he's to the point where he is attracting crowds, right? And there's a variety of responses in this crowd. There are people who love Jesus because he's affected them in some special way. There are people who hate Jesus because he's offended them in some way. And there's some people who are really indifferent, but they're just there because they're curious, want to see what's going on. And believe it or not, already by chapter 13, we are to the point where there are some people who want to kill Jesus. Let's paint the picture. There's this large crowd. They're all gathered around. Jesus has pushed himself out on a boat where everybody can hear his voice and he can project himself a little bit better. Imagine you're there. Imagine the sounds. Imagine all the people gathering around and, um, and, and preparing to hear the message. Why are there so many people here? Why, why do so many people, are so many people drawn to Jesus? You got to understand that Jesus is their Netflix of the day. Anybody know what Netflix is? Okay, cool. Y'all know Netflix got that trending like, with the top movies in the country and stuff like that. And a lot of people, that's the ones you hear people talking about the most. That In this country, in this time, they didn't have video. They didn't have TVs. They, they were an oratory community. So people would gather and people would tell stories. And this is the thing that would draw and attract crowds. And people who told the best stories got the largest crowds. And here is Jesus telling his story that is flipping things on their head. And is driving all these emotions from all these different people. And all of these people have come with different ideas Thoughts and motives in their mind, and they're ready to listen to the story of Jesus. This is the environment, find yourself there with me, okay? Where if what you have in your heart will affect the story that Jesus is about to tell. Jesus is about to tell them a story about the kingdom of God and how the kingdom of God is coming near. He's already flipped it on their head, talking about it's coming near. They're expecting to go back to the promised land. What do you mean it's coming over here into this foreign land? What? Jesus is telling them that the God who loves them has has loved them so much that he stepped out of eternity. So far, we're doing good. Nobody's really mad. Uh, He stepped down into time and space. Okay, we're good. God did that. Yes, we can understand that. He did that in the Old Testament too. And he's in the person of Jesus. Now, that's where we got to draw the line. Why? Because the Messiah is supposed to be a king. Because the Messiah is supposed to ride on a white horse. He's a kingly horse, a kingly beast. He's supposed to have his sword. And he's supposed to bring down judgment, slashing everybody. He's supposed to kill our enemies. And you telling us it's Jesus? This carpenter like making tables and stuff? He's more likely to make a throne than to actually sit on one got a sword he has a cloak he's not handing down judgment he's calling people to repentance so the issue is is that Jesus doesn't meet their expectations and what they have done is they have brought their misconceptions of Jesus to the conversation a lot like we do today and what's important and what I'm trying to get you to do and understand is that we need to drop our misconceptions that we have of Jesus. And we must be able to listen to the Jesus of Scripture and not just our, our traditional interpretation of what Jesus should be. We need to constantly revisit the stories of Jesus with a listening ear, and we will constantly see something different. Here's Jesus ready to teach. He has the opportunity. He has the people who hate him. He has the people who love him. He has the people that's indifferent. This is the opportunity, Jesus. Just be clear. Just be clear. You can bring everybody together. That's all we want, right? Just give him a message. You can, if anybody could preach a message that can bring everybody together, it's you, Jesus. Just be clear. And what does Jesus do? Let's read. He says, listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds. And as he cr- scattered them across the field, let's pause there for a second. I want you guys, I want to set you guys up so that you are like the people of that time and what they would understand. Anybody who has ever uh, had a garden, you know, that we plant things in rows, right? Um, and in between those rows is what we call the footpath. That's where you walk. And you go and you can pick flowers i mean pick fruit and vegetables whatever you need to do that's the hard part right and there's a soft part in the middle that we have teased with the hole, right and we've what we've done is we have pulled out all of the rocks and the impurities that were in the dirt right and we pulled them and they normally land around the edge right so that's the rocky path the part that's out on the on the outskirts of the garden and then in that middle where we hold at um what we see right here is we see a mixture We see some good ground. And then there's some places where, you know, maybe we didn't get all of the the, the root of the weeds. So there might be some weeds there that that might come back. Anybody who's ever gardened, you guys can see that picture right now, right? So as long as you got that, we're good. Let's continue. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds and he scattered them across the field. Some seeds fell on that hard part, that footpath, and the birds came and ate them. Other seeds fell on the shallow soil with underlying rock that's around that edge that we put all the impurities at. The seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plants soon wilted under the hot sun. And since they didn't have deep roots, they died. Other seeds fell among the thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants. Still, other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they produced a crop that was 30, 60, and 100 times as much as had been planted. Anyone with ears should listen and understand. That's it. This opportunity to bring everyone together. This opportunity to bring this message that will bring everyone in on the same page. And this is what Jesus preaches. And that's where we can get our first point right there. Because what we desire is clarity. But Jesus desires obviously something that's altogether different. What Jesus desires is that we can be drawn in and that we can use our own minds. So we'll get our first point right there. And the first point is this. In order for us to listen and not just hear, we must be willing to be drawn in and think for ourselves. We must force ourselves to do some reflecting and some soul searching, some pondering that we wouldn't have done in our normal context. Imagine the effect that this type of teaching had on the crowd that was there. Imagine you hate Jesus, and you already, you're coming, you're like, who's this guy that declares that he's higher than Caesar? And you go there, and you're like, he got to be crazy, thinking that he's higher than Caesar. And you go, and he starts teaching, and you're respecting him maybe to wax eloquent. And he started teaching about birds, rock, dirt, and sun. You're like, I knew it. He had to be crazy. But at the same time, the same story has a completely different effect on those who love Jesus. They're listening to it, and they're inspired. They think that it's so profound, and they accept it as an invitation to go a little bit deeper. They start to ponder. They start to think about the different Uh, states of the soil like they're like oh this soil is like this this soil is like that oh i wonder what it means and they they start to think about the seeds and the placement of the seeds And, and, and they're like oh my goodness i wonder what jesus really means it's so deep and this is the same story but it has two totally different results two different responses and that's what the parables do the people who thought that jesus was stupid they now think that jesus is more stupid the people who loved Jesus and came with an open mind, they accepted him as a, they accepted this as an invitation, and now they're more willing to be drawn in, and we must be willing to be drawn in and think for ourselves. That's the purpose of parables. Has anybody ever uh, used the Bible Project on YouTube? One that explains everything? Yeah. The guy who created that, his name is Tim Mackey, right? Um, through his teaching, I've been introduced to another theologian. Um, his name is... Robert Farrar Capone, and he wrote a book on parables, and he really expounded on this, and I want to share that with you right now, what he said. Robert Farrar Capone put it this way. He said, for the meaning of God's kingdom is a radical mystery. Even as he tells people about it, guess what? It remains permanently difficult to all our attempts to fully grasp it. Jesus did not use the parables to explain everything to people's satisfaction but rather call into question people's previous understandings. In other words, the parables are trying to upset people's existing ideas as well as provide them with new ones. The parables are meant to pop every circuit breaker in people's mind. This is what the parables are designed to do. In, in other words, the parables are chock full of things that we didn't expect Jesus to say. Things that make us jump back and say, Ooh, I did not see that coming. Wow. Which means in order for us to truly listen, we must not only be willing to be drawn in, but we must be, remain open-minded. Once we're drawn in, we have to also be open-minded. That'll be our second point. We can't come with our predisposed expectations. We can't come to the parables like, I know exactly what he's going to teach. He's going to tell me that I should pray and I should be a good person. Oh, he's going to talk about my blessings and my deliverance. Hallelujah! We have to cast away all of those predispositions predispositions, because if we come with those and he starts talking about sun, dirt, and rocks, we're going to be left wondering what just happened. But the parables are designed for Jesus to put the ball in your court. And then your heart and your predisposition will determine what you get out of it. But here's the problem, and the problem is this, is that even when we try our best to listen, our own voice is mixed in with some of what we hear. And that's what makes me say that true listening is one of the toughest things that we do every day. But the, 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 the parables are designed to help us overcome that, to create a habit of being open-minded and being open-eared, never being allowed to think that we fully know what's, being, what's going on, and never being comfortable with where I am in my grasp of the kingdom of God. In other words, the moment that I am comfortable with following Jesus is the moment that I am not listening. The moment that I feel comfortable, like I got it all and I got the full understanding, guess what? I'm not listening. When I'm comfortable, I am no longer open-minded. And in this crowd, there were some people who were comfortable. The scribes and the Pharisees, they thought that they knew everything about Jesus. And what Jesus says is, guess what? The parables were designed especially for them. Let's read His disciples asked him, Why do you use parables when you talk to the people? He replied, You are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom, but others are not. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given, and they will have an abundance of knowledge. But those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. And that is why I use these parables. One of the things that I believe that will help us truly learn to listen and not just hear is, that is, is if we realize how blessed we are to have the opportunity for understanding. how blessed we are. Here Jesus is. He's talking to the disciples and he's telling them that these parables, they have a dual meaning and they serve a dual purpose because in this crowd there are people with different motives and different perspectives and they're going to get different things out of it. There are some people who have those are the people who love Jesus. They have seen him work. They have seen him heal. And they're like, man, I really want an opportunity to know more about this man and more know more about what he's teaching. He said to those people, they're going to get more out of these type of stories. And then there's others who don't have. These are the people who have already rejected Jesus because of their predisposition, because of their pre-understanding. They have already said, you know what? I am not going to believe him no matter how many signs he shows, no matter how many things he does. I am never going to believe that Jesus is the Messiah who is supposed to be coming. And for those people, the parables will take away in order to really receive from Jesus as we go throughout this entire series, we have to be willing to be drawn in and think for ourselves, willing to put down our, pre, our preconceived notions and our perceptions, and we must be willing to remain open-minded because we have the opportunity, watch this, to receive much more than we put down. As we continue through this series and we are exposed to the parable of Jesus, I invite you to put down anything that would keep you from the full revelation of Jesus Christ. Whatever it is in your life. I thought I'd be married by now. Put it down. I thought that I would never have to deal with sickness. Put it down. I thought I would never have financial issues. Put it down. I thought that I don't really need Jesus because, you know, I'm a good person. I don't kill anybody. Put it down. My identity is tied up in my career, and I don't know if Jesus would uh, accept my career choices. Put it down. Jesus is in full challenge mode. He's right here. He's about to break down what this parable means. He's about to tell you, all of the different uh, types of soil. And I'm going to read this. I'm going to make some comments. But it's time for you to do some work, too. Y'all ready for working? Because I've been kind of quiet in here. I Make sure you're still alive. Are y'all ready to work? Yes. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Make, make sure you're still there, still with me. Look, watch this. Um, as I go through this, and as I tell you about the different types of soil, what I want you to do is I want you to identify where you are. And I want you to be true to yourself. Because lying is not going to help anybody. Don't be upset if you're not at the place where you want to be. Because what I want you to realize is that if you're at a place that you don't want to be, you're not stuck there. How do I know? Because throughout a lot of the parables, they describe when they describe the parables, they always talk about God as the farmer. And if you find yourself at a hard place like the footpath, and you want to be at a soft place like the good ground, the only difference... Between the hard footpath and the soft ground is the work of the Father. So if we're willing to be drawn in, if we're willing to listen to Jesus, he can reconfigure our soil. And we all have this opportunity to get more understanding. Let's get in. Verse 18 says this. Now, listen to the explanation of the parable about the farmer planting seeds. The seed that fell on a footpath represent those who hear the message about the kingdom of God and don't understand it. Let's stop there for a minute because I don't want to read past this word. This is one of those words that loses something in translation, the phrase understand it. Okay? A lot of times when we say understand it, we think about a mind thing. But in the New, in the New Testament, they didn't have any words or minds. So you hear them talking about from the heart more than you hear them talking about from mine. So this type of understanding that they're really talking about is that process that we're talking about of truly listening, taking it in, and now it is affecting their life. So this person who has decided not to understand it is a person who is actively rejecting the message. And because they choose to actively reject the message, the place that was supposed to be overtaken by the kingdom of God is subject to manipulation, And in the scripture, what it tells us is that it caused this manipulation, it calls it the evil one. Let's continue to read. You'll see it. Then the evil one comes and snatches away the seed that was planted in their lives, in their hearts. So these individuals here have the word that was supposed to give them life taken away because of their hardened heart. They decided not to believe Jesus. They decided not to accept Jesus. So now the spiritual things that are going on in this world are able to affect them in a major way, in a detrimental way. And you know these people because these are the people who just don't care. They don't care about the fact that you have this Jesus. They are, they're the ones who like, I don't need Jesus because I'm already a good person. I already do these things. I already know not to steal. I already know not to kill. And they feel like they are the standard bearers. Some, that might be some of us. He who has ears. Let him hear. Verse 20. The sea on rocky soil represent those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away soon as they have problems and are persecuted for believing in God's word. Oh man, I remember those times. You remember that, that beginning when, you remember when you first get saved, you're so excited about Jesus, and then you just ran out, you Jesus everything, and Jesus, you're so excited, and, and then here comes somebody trying to challenge you. I remember I, very vividly, somebody came and challenged my baptism. Were you baptized in the name of Jesus, or were you baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost? I was like, huh? What do you mean? What's the difference? I'm in the Bible just studying, trying to figure it out. Which one should I be? I don't know. And that's what happens with a lot of these occults as they are rising up. They know the questions to ask believers, especially new believers, to make them wonder about things. And then what, what this action is causing is causing people to say, um, yeah, I'm not religious. I'm spiritual. I'm, I'm spiritual. How many people heard that? I'm spiritual. Once they get to this, I'm spiritual statement, what they're really saying is, I'm not listening to Jesus explaining who Jesus is. I am going to put my description of who I think Jesus should be, and I'm going to put it there because I know how to love people more than the God who says that he is love. And that might be some of us here. He who has ears, let him listen. Let's continue. The seed that fell amongst the thorns represent those who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life, the lure of wealth, so no fruit is produced. For these people, guess what? The kingdom of God is not the main thing growing in their garden. And I got to be truthful. This is the place where I find myself sometimes. I remember when I wanted to have my own startup and I was working 16 hours a day and, and all these things because I just wanted to get this thing going because I was thinking about the things of this world and not necessarily the things of God. I remember very vividly when I got laid off and I had to depend on nothing but God. Oftentimes we slide into this place where we're doing, we're doing it for Jesus, we're doing it for Jesus. And then, but the, the, the tricky part about this is that the thorns feel like things that we should be worrying about. We should worry about money. We need money. We need money. We should worry about food and clothes. We need food and clothes. And so we start to make those type of descriptions in our life. And then slowly but surely, what we start to do is we start to navigate away from the kingdom of God and onto the things that we care about. That's the thorns choking it out of our lives. And the way that you can tell if you're having this, there's a test that you can do. Look at your time. Where are you spending most of your time? Look at your talent. How are you spending most of your talent? Look at your 10th, how are you spending your money? Time, talent, 10th. Is it mostly in God-honoring ways? Or is it in ways that only are for yourself? That could be us. He who has ears, let him listen. Finally, we talk about the good soil. The seed that fell on a good soil represent those who truly hear and understand God's word and produce a harvest of thirty. Sixty or even a hundredfold as much as they had planted. These are the individuals that decided to let Jesus in and decided to devote themselves to trying, I'm going to try to do this thing even though it's hard, even though I have desires that don't match Jesus. I'm willing to cast those things down just to see what this Jesus has. I want to go a little bit deeper. I'm remaining open-eared. I'm remaining open-hearted, God. And then what you start to see is that you start to see that your life Life starts to produce fruit, some 30, some 60, and some 100-fold. Don't get lost in the numbers because the numbers are not what's important. What's important is that we're all growing in the kingdom of God and operating in our purposes in the midst of a world that's still in shambles. What do I mean a world that's still in shambles? Let's go back to our garden. The good ground is right next to the footpath. So when the evil one comes and he's pecking to pick up the seed on the footpath, he's able to take their seed away because it's exposed. But that bird doesn't just puck on the footpath. I'm pretty sure he pecks on the good soil. But because our seed is deep, he can't get our seed. But what he's doing unknowingly is he's aerating our soil. He's giving it more oxygen. He's giving it more air. He's preparing it for a wonderful environment for our seed to grow up and live. In this garden, when the sun comes and it beats down on a plant that's on the rocky path and it kills them, that same sun, because we have deep roots, brings us the nutrients we need so that we can succeed. When the thorns and thistles decide to come and we decide to give our heart to God, God comes along like any good person in a garden and pulls the weeds out so that he can make an environment that is good for us to live and good for us to thrive and good for us to get nutrients. What I'm trying to say is the things that kill other people make us more fruitful. That's why others can go through tests and come out with just the torment, but we go through a test and come out with a testimony. This is where the world looks at us, and they see everything. We're going through the same. How many people know that the pandemic didn't only affect those who were outside the church? But this is where they look at us and say, how do you still have peace? And the Bible describes it as this, the peace that surpasses all understanding because it doesn't make sense to the people who are on the outside looking in. And it's all because we decided to listen. We must listen and not just hear. Listen to what Jesus has to say Listen to how he came pronouncing God's kingdom. Listen to how he lived in the way that he's calling us all to live. Listen to how he died for the consequence of our shortcomings. He died for our hard-headed mistakes, and he took our soft-behind consequences. Listen to how he overcame them with his life, death, burial, and resurrection from the grave. Listen to how he extends his grace and invites us every day to have open ears, listen to his mysteries, listen to his power, listen to his love, listen to his promises, listen to how he loved you so much that he decided to step out of eternity and down into time and space and bring you your purpose Listen to how he's designed you and remade you into a new creature to inhabit his new kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. We must listen and not just hear. The ball is in your court. And I can't tell you how to respond, it's you what's in your heart, how are you going to receive it. That's what's going to determine the way that you respond. How are you going to respond as the band comes up? What will your response be? I want to ask you to take this following action after today. As you go throughout the rest of this series, and you hear these life-changing, life-altering, mind-bending, earth-shattering proverbs, I want to ask you, please allow yourself to be drawn into God's Word. I want to ask you, is that after you've been drawn in, that you keep an open mind and you have open ears so you can truly hear Jesus express the kingdom of God who he is and the promises that belong to you and while you're in there and you're lost in the beauty and the majesty of his grace just take the opportunity to look around and say thank you Jesus for the pulling and the stretching that you feel in the sheer opportunity that you have to get an understanding. How many people want that in their lives? Well, if you keep your hand raised with me, I just want to pray with you. Father, oh, how I love you, Father. Oh, how grateful I am to be able to dig into your word. To see your love that you have for me. To see your truth in your parables. God, I pray for those with their hands raised who are willing to make this commitment to be drawn into your word. The ones who are willing to make this commitment to remain open-minded and have an open heart to truly receive your revelation. God, I thank you for this opportunity that they have a foot ahead of them. Now, God, what I do realize is that there's going to be difficulty. But, God, I pray that you give them what they need. If they need one of us in the kingdom of God to walk alongside them, send us. If it just requires your special intervention and you need to kneel down and pick up some weeds, God, please do that. I'm praying for their protection. I'm praying for their life. I'm praying that, God, that they will start to see fruit, that it will become evident. They'll see it growing up all in their lives, God, and they will be overjoyed at the opportunity to serve you at such a deeper level. I'm asking, God, that not only will their lives be changed, because the Bible did say that it was 30, 60, 100, fold more than what was planned. So what that truly means, that, what I truly believe that means is that they're going to start affecting others. We declare right now, today, that the people under sounding my voice will affect the world that's around them. They will start reclaiming territory in your name. In the name of Jesus, we pray and everyone who agrees in every glad heart bolster out from the bottom of their belly. Amen!
0: Well, thanks again for joining us for this message, and I hope you enjoyed it. I also want to uh, let you know that if there's anything that you need prayer for, you need us to uh, walk alongside you in some area of your life, please let us know by filling out a connect card. You can do that by going to lifechurchcanton.org slash now. And at the now page, there's a connect card toward the top. Uh, There's also an option for you to go directly to prayer. Um, Toward the bottom of that page, there's a link that you can click on. And we'd love to be able to pray for you in any way. Uh, that we can. If you decided that you wanted to follow Jesus for the first time, we'd love to know about that as well. All of that uh, you can fill out on the Connect card as well, and we would love to see you right back here. Uh, See you right back here soon.